pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polias. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Hello and welcome to another edition of Radio Dub. I'm feeling a little bit exhausted, not because of anything, but because it's just been such a hectic week of uh, Dub football. Started off nice and strong with uh, Melbourne Victory taking on Melbourne City Mm. down at Casey Fields, right next to my house. Yeah. Very happy about that. I know other people complaining about it. I personally, <laughs> I enjoyed every aspect of it. Uh, we love some community football. Sure. It was good fun. Uh, chaotic game. I know obviously you weren't yeah. able to be there, but you did catch it after. I, I did, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's fair enough that you're exhausted because it was an emotionally draining weekend of dub football, wasn't it? There were the, the highs, the lows, the drama. It was all there. Wasn't a lot missing, particularly in that Melbourne Derby game. But even you know, even the second one had had its moments. Yeah, the second one had its moment. The second one was uh, second one. Obviously, uh, if you're listening to, you probably know. <laughs> uh, Western United taking on Sydney FC down at Allianz. That was that was a tense game because obviously I thought heading into the game. I don't know if we spoke about it on the pod, but thought the first goal was really important. If Sydney FC were got the first goal, it'd be really really difficult for Western United. And if Western United got it first, they would be in with a real strong chance. I think that was the one thing I said by way of prediction was that whoever scored the first goal would win and indeed it happened. Just, just by Do the you way. listen to the pod back and just go yep, that's a point for me right there? Well, I, I, I think back to everything that I've ever said and try to identify points of victory or success that I can bring up in future conversations. And that was definitely what I said. And I know that's not like a particularly hot take. Like I, I feel like that's generally understood that the way that Sydney and Western United play that that was likely to be the case and so it proved it was a real uh conventional expected western united win wasn't it? it's what we've become used to yeah. they're solid they hit on the counter score in transition hannah Kane's the one who scores the goal that's happened more than once so far this season many more times than once and uh, it happened again and sydney couldn't break them down afterwards and western united are into a grand final in their debut season which is a pretty incredible storyline yeah it is a pretty incredible storyline a pretty incredible storyline that it's been enjoyable to to see, and um, it was a, it was a kind of a peak Calder performance. Mm. Like if you watch Calder in the NPL, you know they'll they're really defensively solid, hard to break down, hard to get clear opportunities. Um, but you know it's a uh, it's a lot of good fun. But you know we can't just sit and talk about the game. We are coming on the pod pretty soon. I've been told. Uh, Melbourne Victory defender, part of a dynamic duo in the in the centre back partnership. Oh, for sure, Claudia Bunch, Huge. New Zealand international. I, f- I probably should leave the the hype up for when she's like yeah when like she's right here there. yeah exactly just so she knows that we appreciate and respect R- her. Rate her yeah exactly for sure. you know exactly we are all about our egos here on Radio Dub mm. and. Uh, now, you've got some chocolate, Oscar. Do you want to tell us why you've got some chocolate? I today? feel like that should wait till our second guest gets okay, here, okay. to be honest. I feel like there's, there's, but there is we chocolate. Can, we, can, we can build that up. There's chocolate. Everyone who's listening can have some. Uh, just just reach out. You just uh, reach out. We won't send it to you, but reach out. Yeah. <laughs> if you were here, you could have some. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's the thought that but counts. But you're not, so you miss out. But we're, we're really just like teasing, putting out the Yeah, exactly. If you've listened thing. to this pod before, we are a food safari. 
pod, uh, podcast also sometimes. Predominantly a food podcast, yeah, really. Truthfully. Yeah, truthfully. So one of the player we are going to speak to, they gave us a food recommendation. And mm. We said we'll try it. And we thought, wouldn't it be no better time than to try it when um, when they come on? But we'll talk about that when they get on. Exactly, just, exactly. Just but no, no, I, I was just going to say on the West United game, I, I was thinking, watching it back, uh, when a couple of weeks ago we were talking about like surprise packets of the season, players of the season and stuff like that. And I thought one player who I, who I wish had been mentioned at some point is Alana Cern because... I feel like we've... Hey. I, 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 and I know that we've rated her for a long, long time, but the way in which she has adapted to A-League women's football... In a different position season, than she played in the NPL last it's year. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. She's turned into one of the most reliable, consistent, good defenders in the competition as if it was nothing, just a step up from MPLW to A-League level. Yeah, exactly. And, and she, she's been critical to Western United's success. She's been really a rock at the back alongside Sydney Cummings and, and a huge reason that Western United have, have had as much success as they had. And, and we got to saw that, see that in all its glory against Sydney FC. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, obviously, no Western United this week because they've earned the right to head into straight into finals. But there will be Western United content coming out from Radio Dub. Mm. Did film it a little while ago, but I've just been busy, so I haven't had a chance to fully edit it out. There was no, no, but but I did put a little bit of it out. There was time sensitive after their win. Uh, that was on out on the socials. There was, uh, but obviously one of the people in that video, Angie Beard, she's obviously going to be unavailable for yeah. them for, in the grand final, which is a pretty big out. It's really disappointing, I think, for Western United and for her personally, just the, the journey that she's been on and to, to come back to the to the A-League to join up with Western United, be a an, an integral contributor to that to that back four. And uh yeah, to not be able to play the grand final, I think that, that that's that's a real blow in a footballing sense and, and, and a personal sense. Although I think Western United if they've shown anything this season, it's their capacity to adapt to missing players for one reason or another and find a way to still make things work. And I expect nothing less in the grand final, whoever that is against. Yeah, I thought heading into the grand final, it was going to rely on their defence. Obviously, Hannah Kane's been so formidable, but oh, yeah. um, defensively, I thought if they could hold strong for a large portion of the game and didn't get you know be down really early in the game, they didn't have to chase the game, I thought... That's going to be their biggest strength. Oh yeah. No so doubt. so without Angie Beard available, it's a obviously puts a chink in that, and um, they'll have to really really focus. And um, not that they can't obviously Mark Torcaso. <laughs> Just what the, a legend! What a legend that guy is! Just a real four-term MPL Victoria for sure. Uh, energy coming from that man, but you know we'll see how they go and who they match up with. They've got. Mm. They get to sit and have a take a look at that. And I mean, the West United Sydney was was a was a good game. It was a, two of, probably the two best teams across the course of the season. Well, the latter would suggest definitely the two best teams. But that that Melbourne derby, I mean, we've scooted around it so far. That was one of the most incredible, memorable games in dub history. Yeah. At what point did you did you think Melbourne City were still in the game, or like what point did you think they were out? Gee, uh, well, I, I I thought I was pretty confident that that was it when Melina Rez scored the third goal. You kind of thought, oh, that might be it. Renata Policina got one back, but then even even after that, when we're going through the seven minutes of, of stoppage time, I, I just, I, I didn't think it would happen. I didn't think it would happen right until it actually happened. 
And it was just extraordinary. And the way it happened, it kind of came from nowhere. Hannah Wilkinson throwing herself at the ball. The reaction, the way the camera cut straight to Jeff Hopkins was cruel. And we just, we just saw Jeff and, and like the the wave of emotions coming over him and like no doubt gutted at the same time trying to keep a firm face and, and, and look content and, and in control. It was it was everything that we love about this sport kind of in that in those couple of minutes, it was it was really extraordinary. I, I mean, arguably, we could have seen it come, coming because we know that Melbourne Victory have leaked late goals in the last few weeks. I mean, it's also something that Melbourne City have done. So I guess having late goals shouldn't have been a surprise, but just the way in which it happened, it was, oh, I, 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 was, I was lost for words. And then you had the extra time period where Melbourne City controlled pretty much the whole of it. Yeah, it was... Uh... I feel like if you're a Melbourne Victory fan, you're probably sitting there with your like heart in your mouth the entire time because sure. once Amy Jackson went off as well, even though it was pretty oh, yeah. late into ex like extra sorry, yeah, extra time, it's still like pretty stressful. But I thought Victory managed to hold them off pretty well, and they didn't give them a lot of clear cut chances. I don't know that I can remember at least. Well, I, I felt like that for most of the. And I know Melbourne City scored three goals, but you know we, when we the the pattern of the game in that first half after Melbourne Victory kind of came out really strong in both halves really, but in the first half in particular, and then the game kind of set it the game kind of set it settled into a more regular pattern with Melbourne City having the possession at the back. And I think that we saw the the weakness of Melbourne City throughout the season, which is yes, they can keep the possession, yes, they can pass it around nicely, but can they generate clear or good quality goal-scoring opportunities with all of that possession? And the answer generally was no. They scored in the first half because of a turnover deep in in, in the victory half. Which I guess is down to their tactical setup, though, because they forced victory to make a mistake. Got to give them credit there. Sure. I'm, I'm not trying to take away credit. I'm saying it didn't come directly from how they were trying to control the game. Uh and and in the end, it was a transition. And if you give those moments to the likes of Rihanna Policina and Holly McNamara, they will make you pay. Uh, but the, the 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 goals really for both teams came from those transition moments deep in the opposition half. Melina Rares, how, those some of those goals. She's so clinical when she's on her game. She has to be the best striker in the competition. Just and and, and I love how she does it without necessarily being the quickest or the strongest, but just the most skillful, the most technically complete the, the the movement the understanding it, it's it's so wonderful yeah no she's uh she's the best and the, obviously Catherine Cronulli was said that she has potential to be the next Sam Kerr yeah big praise big praise I don't, I don't know if it's an accurate comp because I think their playing styles are very different there are similarities no, there are but I, I just I just don't but I do agree yeah. I wouldn't naturally put Melina Rez and Sam Kerr I just think they've they, they, their strengths are very different things. I would say. Can you can you explain to me what you what how how would you articulate those differences? I, I think that Sam Kerr's strengths are. I don't think Sam Kerr's like the greatest finisher. She's just always in a she's in a great position, mm. um, and I think her best finishing is, is probably her heading. Um, whereas I think Melina has a lot of her game is just really like in tight spaces. I think she's quite like a little bit more physical of a player than Sam is. Would you? Yeah, I would say that Melina's a little bit more physical and likes to ride the tackle and is able to create something off that. But Sam's obviously in another world in her. Like everything else for Sam is just like a step above most people. So, you know. So you 
are you focusing on the kind of you dissociate Sam Kerr as more of like an aerial scorer as opposed to a kind of on the ground? Yeah, and I, I think that um, Sam, like her ability, I think her like playmaking is a little bit better than Melina mm. and her passing ability is a little better. I think she could probably, Sam probably play another deeper role. I, I mean, of course, it's, it, we should point out that it's not particularly fair to Melina to make no, this comparison no. because clearly Sam Kerr is on the whole a better player. Uh, but we're just kind of trying to all things yeah, being equal, what, what, what are the things that make each of them tick? And and there has been some suggestion of, of Melina Reyes as, as participating in some way in the Matilda setup at some point in the near future. Do, would you support Melina Reyes' inclusion in an upcoming Matilda squad? I mean, I don't think we're going to see much change for the World Cup or up no, to the World I Cup, don't do I. but in the future. I think if you go back to actually OG Radio Dog podcast episodes, uh, we've been championing Melina Reyes for Matilda's call-ups. Mm. But obviously, at the start of last season, she uh, was she got injured and she yeah. didn't come back till the Adelaide game late in the season, the finals, I think. And then she scored in that game. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then this season Maybe as well. Last game. Yeah, this anyway. season as well. Didn't see her for a little bit yeah. as well. It's been it's been clearly been the key thing that's, that's held yeah. her back, hasn't it, it's is, been, is uh, the, um, it's been the injuries. Thing. But, you know what, she is a f- tremendous player and we are... Big, big fans of her. But you know, also we're big fans of... Someone who on. knows a lot about Melina yeah, Reyes' qualities. Yeah, exactly. Knows a lot about Melina Reyes' quality. Probably has to face her a lot in yeah. training as well. Not yeah. a position I envy. Nah, not a position I envy. I, I probably call in sick a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're lucky enough to be joined by Melbourne Victory defender, Claudia Bunge. Claudia, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? We're good. Now we obviously hear the strong... New Zealand accent. Obviously, oh, yeah. you are a Kiwi. Now, well, there's nothing. Just in case you weren't sure. Yeah, just in case yeah. you weren't sure about where you come from, <laughs> obviously. Um, Claudia, how have you, how do you like life in Australia compared to New Zealand? What are like the key differences that we've got to be aware of? Um, oh, there aren't too many, to be honest. I guess um, it's kind of, yeah, just a bigger version. There's. More people here, obviously, a um, bit more going on. Um, but, yeah, there's honestly not too much difference. The The culture is pretty similar, um, which, yeah, made moving over um, super easy. And, well, since you've moved over, Claudia, on Saturday you had probably, I would imagine, one of the most memorable games that you've, you've been involved in, that, that extraordinary semi-final against Melbourne City. How, how have you reflected on that over the last few days? Yeah, it was a pretty mental game. Um, yeah, definitely one of the most memorable, memorable games I've played um, at Victory. And yeah, I think honestly, kudos to City. Um, they really gave it to us. And yeah, it was very action packed. Um, obviously, with AJ unfortunately getting sent off and mm-hmm. penalties um, and goals. So yeah, it was a great final. Um, and yeah, really excited that we got through. Um, and get a place uh, Sydney FC this weekend. Is that the craziest game you've been involved in as a Melbourne Victory player? Um, oh, probably comes close. We've had a few. I remember our first semi-final in Brisbane, and my first year was also pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it ended up being like six two or six three to us. Something like um, that. So yeah, that was also pretty eventful. But yeah, it's definitely up there for sure. Now I want to ask, obviously. During that game, at what moment is your brain just going panic stations like? Not that you're not panicking, but you're like, 
what has happened? Like, what is going through your mind as everything just unfolds? Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy and there were a lot of emotions um, going through everyone's head. And I think at 3-1, I was feeling pretty comfortable. And then they, yeah, started putting a lot of pressure on us. Um, And, yeah, momentum can change so quickly in those big games. So um, I think, yeah, my one moment where I was like, oh, gosh, here we we go was when AJ got sent off and we had – I think still like 10 minutes to play with 10 men and we kind of just parked the bus. Um, And yeah, I was like, all right, here we go. Like we're going to be really busy in this period of time. Uh, But I knew we could do it. And I know um, Jeff's prepared us for moments like that. So um, there was no panic, but I was like, this is going to be like a tough 10 minutes. And if we can get through this, I back us and I back Casey on penalties as well. Well, I feel like there was no need to actually stress. Once I saw... Casey come up because typically you don't see the goalkeepers come up they're probably like one of the last people to take the pens are you like when you saw her and how calm she looked walking up did you like know it's a certain goal like there's just no way she's missing it yeah I guess so like she's she's very confident taking them and takes them during trainings and I haven't seen her miss one so um yeah it's just one of those things she was happy to take the first one and as you saw on the replay, she's pretty casual about it and then walked straight into the goal and got ready to save uh, the next pen. So, yeah, I think all of our penalty takers did really well and kind of the mindset we have is, you know, if they're willing to stand up and take a pen for the team, whatever happens, happens, and no one's going to hold anything against them. Um, but, yeah, she was composed as ever. Yeah, I think pretty cage is, is I think, a fair description. The way she just, you know, strutted <laughs> up, put it. She didn't stop walking after she took the no, shot. Honestly, she just kind of it's the strut, though. Easily. It's the strut oh, after yeah. Oscar. It was just, it felt like the ultimate <laughs> power move. Oh, my. It, I, I, I was captivated. It was like, wow, this is this, this. This is cinema. Yeah, right. It was. It, it was incredible. I mean, Claudia, where were, you, where were you on the, in the order of penalty takers? Were, were you coming up if it had to be stretched out to six, seven, eight? Yeah, I think I was maybe number six. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm happy to take one for the team, but there were some girls that were wanting um, one ahead of me. So I was like, oh, yeah, you can have it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I was about like six or seven. So, um, yeah, glad I didn't end up have to take one. So, yeah. yeah, you're glad you didn't have to take one. but So you're not saying that you were really wanting to not take one. You're not like terrified of the prospect. It was just no. like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll take one if need be, but I'm not going to you know, jump up and down if I don't get one either. So I'm, I'm pretty relaxed. Team player. Claudia's a professional athlete yeah. here, Oscar. Please don't disrespect her. She's ready to take the penalty. I don't know why you're trying to put it like that. I, 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 I was just imagining that I know that there are some players who, you know, are terrified of the prospect of needing to take a crucial penalty in a big game moment. And, 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 I, and I respect Claudia's confidence. Claudia scored like. goals in the dub. I don't, I don't oh, yeah. think you've missed this. Like she's oh, yeah. just, goals are just a natural thing now, obviously. We're still we're on Claudia goal watch because you, you you do like to score them. What's the celebration? Yes, yeah. do, you, do you have a mental celebration planned for the next goal? Um, oh, definitely not. Um, when I have scored in the past, it's usually just I've just been kind of like surprised or shocked, and <laughs> yeah, then everyone kind of we my team have a tendency to dogpile, so I kind of just like get prepared to get like bodies thrown at me um but yeah definitely no planned celebration 
Is there a way to avoid that? Do you have to like stay upright in your celebration and, or is someone going to tackle you to the ground so that the pile-on begins? Usually if someone scores and slips over, which is usually Zim because she's always <laughs> slipping over, um, if you're on the ground, people are just going to jump on you. So, yeah, staying on your feet is definitely um, yeah, a way to avoid that. Probably like it's in the next training drill or something yeah. like that. Just how to stay on your feet after yeah. you've scored. <laughs> Guys, we're going to do some run-throughs. This is where you got to do the, mm. you know, your boot placement. Obviously, prospect of Sydney FC this weekend. Big game. Rivalry, you know, like obviously, do you forget about just what's happened during the season and just think about, like, do you look at the finals, the, the finals games that you've played against them, or is everything just out of the window and you just straight focus for this game? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think there's a lot of focus for this game in particular, but there is a massive rivalry between us and them that you kind of – you can't, um, yeah, that doesn't go unnoticed. Obviously, we've been, yeah, knocked them out the past um, two times we've come across them in finals. Um, but in saying that, they have beaten us twice this year as well. So I think the team's come a long way since those two games earlier in the season. Um, but, yeah, the Big Blue's always a massive rivalry. And, um, yeah, it seems to be – it's been us two at the top for some time and – They've had a good season and we've been really consistent since those um, defeats against them. So, yeah, there's a lot of focus on this game um, in particular, but there is definitely some, yeah, rivalry um, that's going to come into play as well. Is the prospect of facing uh, Western United in the grand final a little bit more exciting and tempting because you've only played them once this year? They obviously did get the win. And it was a very chaotic game because the wind was under some mystical spells. Like, oh, I, yeah. I swear the wind was at its all-time worst. Is there, like, a little bit of, like, I just, I want to I want to face them again. I want to face them again. Yeah, definitely. We definitely want to play them again. And, um, yeah, losing to them in the first round was, yeah, we were pretty devastated, actually. Um so, yeah, we, we would definitely love to play them, but we're not really thinking too far ahead because, um, yeah, the danger in that is, you know, we still have this massive hurdle to jump and we need to beat Sydney FC, who are a good team. So, yeah, there is a little bit of that, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I mean, the mindset of the squad, we know that Melbourne Victory have built a reputation over the last couple of seasons of turning it on for the big games and for the finals in particular. What's the, the, the vibe like at the moment where, you know, you come into this final series having kind of just squeaked into the top four, you've lost to the other teams in the finals during the regular season. Is there mm-hmm. a confidence that you'll be able to replicate what you've done in past seasons and always kind of raise your game? Or do you worry that at some point the magic will wear off? Why are you trying to speak that into existence, man? Relax, man. I am not trying to speak that into existence. <laughs> well, I'm trying to understand the inner workings of the <laughs> Melbourne victory culture. <laughs> that's that's fair enough and yeah we get asked that question a lot um so yeah I don't really know what it is I think it's just yeah in big moments we seem to show up and I think um players like Mel um up top she lives for finals football and um yeah there's a couple players Casey as well and we kind of just like feed off each other um being able to um yeah when, when, when we don't have the ball a lot, being able to yeah be comfortable in those situations and play under that pressure and then when we get our chances, just finishing them. And then, yeah, we're, we're a really tight-knit group and I think that helps on the field a lot. 
having to play a lot without the ball. You speak about leaning on some of those uh, more experienced players at both ends of the pitch. I think another one would have to be the captain, Kayla Morrison, who, of course, you formed that centre-back partnership with. What's it like working with Kayla? Do you, do you, is that been a really enjoyable partnership for you to be a part of? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Her and I are really good mates off the field as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're usually in a similar mindset on the field, which makes it really easy. And this is our second season together now. So, um, yeah, we had that first season to really get a good connection. And, um, yeah, she's had such a great season. You can't even tell that she missed last year with an ACL injury. Um, she's playing some of the best football I've seen her play. So it's been really nice to have her back. And, yeah, having her as our captain um, and being a leader on the field is huge for us too. Is there a bit of, like... Do you guys even have to speak or do you guys just have to look at each other and you just kind of know what's about what's telepathy, going on? Yeah, yeah, telepathy, that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Is that how it works? Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely like a maybe a telepathic little connection there, but we, we do chat a lot on the field because her and I are both um, those types of players and I think as a centre-back it's a really important skill to have and something that Jeff encourages um, a lot from the both of us, but yeah, there's sometimes when maybe there's not enough time to actually speak to each other. We kind of just give each other a look if, you know, something's not going well or if something was like a little bit closer than we would have liked to. Um, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that, which is nice to have. Do you, do you reckon we've got that, Oscar? Or oh, yeah, for sure. We've got that connection. It's just as good it's as Taylor and Claudia is, yeah. And, and yeah. productive and useful. So, you know? so useful. I, I want to ask... <laughs> Claudia, heading up into this game, do you have any like rituals that you're going to go through? Like, is there like a song you've got to listen to? Is there like, what, what do you have to do to get yourself mentally prepared? Obviously you are a professional athlete, you're always focused, but the little things, you know, what gets you focused for the game? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not um, superstitious or anything. I, well, because we'll be away and we really enjoy away games. I think spending as much time around the team as possible is, is really good for me and, Everyone's really lighthearted um, pretty much until we get on the bus to go to the game and then everybody kind of um, tunes out, listens to their own music, um, which I like to do as well. Um, so just, yeah, getting a coffee in the morning, going for a walk, and then um, on the bus on the way to the game, I'll tune out and listen to my music. But I don't really have any, like, pre-game rituals or anything like that. I've got two questions out of what you just said. Firstly, what's your coffee order? Secondly, okay. what's the number one song that's on the playlist at the moment? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, my coffee order does change sometimes depending on what the weather's like. So usually I'd go for like an oat cap. Um, but if it's really hot, which it has been um, this summer, I'll get like a iced latte with oat milk. Um, and my music changes a lot, but for pregame, I would listen to like like a bit of house or like D and B, so like anything like sub focus or dimensions. Usually, what I would listen to. I would not have picked that for her. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. To really, you. I wouldn't have picked it. I like it. I just wouldn't have picked that. Claudia Bungel, while when she's getting super focused on the game, she's listening to house music. That's yeah. I yeah. Like that for you. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Just yeah, chills me out. <laughs> is there anyone on the team who has like? a really weird taste in music that you're like, I don't know why you listen to that or how that gets you in the mood for a game? Um, 
Mel likes to, I don't think it's weird, but she likes to listen to like rock music um, and it seems to be working for her. She's been scoring goals. So, um, yeah, everyone else kind of listens to often like the same kind of music, like pop, rap, R&B. But, yeah, she's a bit different and kind of goes down the rock um, path. If it's our if it's our theory about her like WWE theme music, like, <laughs> like it would be like some yeah. like you know nice heavy metal, like yeah. she just she just yeah. dominate. You know what I mean? What's your yeah, what's your entry? What's your, what's your theme song like? If you're a WWE wrestler, <laughs> what is your the song? What's the song they're gonna put for you? Oh, I don't actually know. Um, I do dabble in a bit of rap, maybe like. Um, Childish Gambino Ooh. Bonfire, nice. maybe. It's what I'm listening to at the right. moment, so it's a good tune. That's solid. You know yeah. what? You're very wide-ranging. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I, I, I like a person who <laughs> doesn't pigeon- yeah, she doesn't want to pigeonhole herself. Yeah. You know, I like that she, you know, that was a little bit of everything. It's, uh, we respect that here. We respect that. Yeah. And now, Claudia, before you head off, I want to get your opinion on who's a player in the dub this season can be from Melbourne Victory or for any other club that's really impressed you so far this season. Obviously, the season's wrapping up, so we want to give out the awards. Who who deserves an award? They they haven't got enough recognition. Um, let me have a think. There's lots of players I think that have had a really good season. Um, I think I'm going to be a bit biased and go with girls on my team um I think Beattie's been fantastic for us this year she is um been playing left wing for us but can honestly be put anywhere on the field and doesn't ask questions just puts her head down and just gets on with it um and yeah she's an awesome chick and obviously she's studying to be a doctor um so I don't know how she balances football and her studies but yeah she's a great player um to have on our team and I think with Chids leaving, um, she kind of brings a little bit of a similar playing style back to our team. Um, so, yeah, definitely going to have to pick Beattie Go. No, we like that, obviously, because we've had Beattie on the show before and we were interrupted, rudely interrupted by mm. a fire alarm going off with that song. Oh, no. So we don't, obviously, I don't know, maybe it was because Beattie was just so great at answering the questions oh, and yeah. it just like set the building on electric, fire. It was yeah. just, it was a bit intense. Yeah. Exactly. So... If you missed that, sense. if you missed that episode, you go listen to it somewhere else. Yeah. Where have we put it up? It's, it's um, a good point. It would it would be comforting knowing that there's literally someone training to be a doctor on your sports team. Like if anything yeah. goes wrong, we know we've got someone exactly. in the immediate vicinity who can help us out real real quickly. Exactly. That's why exactly. We're, we're sorry, respect safety net. Exactly. Remember, imagine Oscar. We've got to. I told you, we've got to be better when these players come on and they're doing all these things and we're doing whatever we're doing. Yeah. We need to elevate ourselves. Otherwise, we're not. You know, we don't have the credentials to speak to them. <laughs> we need to get qualified <laughs> to keep doing this. Exactly, interviews. exactly. Claudia, really want to thank you for coming on the pod today. Obviously, you got to get ready for a game, so we're going to let you go. Good luck, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And if you guys win Hall Melbourne Grand Final, that would be kind of fun. Yeah, that would be really cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. No worries. Now that was uh, really great to chat to Claudia Bunch. Yeah. Now, player we respect and oh, we, yeah. we absolutely love having on the show. So if you miss listening to that bit of the pod, when are we going to put it up, Oscar? <laughs> Sorry, I like how you're already engaging in the self-promotion literally seconds after the hey, interview's finished. I feel like if you're not going to be your own supporter, no, I who agree. else is going to support you? No, for sure. Seriously. Caleb, Beatty Goad.
Yeah, Betty. Betty Goat might support us in that yeah, situation. Exactly, she would. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to head to a quick, quick, I mean quick ad break. And then on behind, after the break, we're going to speak to someone else from Sydney FC, uh, a really cool and important player for that team. Pick it, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. And uh, back for the final time tonight here on at FNR Radio Dub. If you're just joining us, uh, we spoke to Madison Hay. Not Madison Hay. Oh, you see what I just <laughs> how done there? You see what I just done? There? I was about to tell you our next guest. The brain and is frazzled. I've just, I've just confused them with our first. Our first guest was Claudia Bunch, and if you missed that, you can check that out on Spotify and everything else. I've just ruined the surprise. And I was yeah. just a little bit upset over myself. For it. I was just looking at her directly and I was like, oh, crap. As if the title of today's show hasn't spoiled no, what this is. No, mate, it doesn't matter. People don't know like that. They just click on it randomly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, lucky enough to be joined by Madison Haley from Senior C. She's actually, is she the first player who's done a double appearance on Radio W this season? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Madison, how are you going? And thank you for joining us a second time. Yeah, thank you for having me again. It's good to be back. It's a little bit of a full circle moment. So super excited to be here. I'm doing well. I hope you guys are doing well. No, we are. And obviously with the full circle moment, Oscar, you know, I'm going to let you. Let me you you want to go straight nah, into it? No, nah, we'll get a good take. This is big. This exactly. Is big. We're going to go, go into it's it. Madison, so for, for those who are who were listening to the, uh, the first interview that we did with Madison Haley, uh, we asked, I can't remember exactly how it came up, but at some point in that process, uh, Madison Haley gave us a food recommendation. And that food recommendation was Godiva chocolate. Now, now, <laughs> neither of us knew what it was. Neither of us no. had ever heard of it. We were like, is that is that an American thing? What, what's going on? And we found out that it isn't. Hold, hold on, hold on, chill. I'm hungry, chill. Wait, Get on with wait. <laughs> so this afternoon, I was at uni and for, the stars aligned. I got a text from you which confirmed that it was Madison Haley who was our guest and my uni lecture finished half an hour early, which right. meant... That looking up where you can get Godiva, I think there's like three or four places in Melbourne that you can get Godiva chocolate. There's one in Doncaster, there's one in the city, but there's also one in Ch- at Chadston Shopping Centre, which, as we know, for those mate, of us who drive along it. the yeah, Princess Madison's Highway, I know. It, I, I just, I really want to build the anticipation. Anyway, the point is, I swung by, got some Godiva signature milk chocolate. Ooh. Is what I have. Uh, I figured that was the fairest way to do it, and I thought that it would be appropriate whilst we have Maddie on the show to. Uh, Try our first... Calling her Maddie like that? You know it like that? We're, we're best friends, actually, Maddie and I. We go way back. Uh, <laughs> to try our first bit of Godiva chocolate whilst we're here, with, with Maddie's yes. blessing. Yeah, so I've Let's just eaten... I've eaten some. <laughs> I've eaten some. I got hungry. Wait. I got hungry. Oscar's <laughs> taking a really long time to, to intro the chocolate. I will say, I'm not a massive chocolate fan, but I'll give this like a solid like eight. A solid eight. Mm. It was pretty good. It's not bad. It's not bad. Is there... Do we get the right flavour? Yeah, I mean, I would get milk chocolate. I would say I haven't had the diet chocolate in a very long time. But, yeah, 8 out of 10 is a very fair rating for it. Yeah, it's very, like, smooth. That's the mm. that's that's what I would do. That's what I would say about it. But, obviously, the chocolate's great. Fantastic. Thanks for bringing it in, Oscar. Yeah, really, no, really it is it. quite good. I agree. And, uh, Madison, thank you for the recommendation. Really appreciate it. But, obviously, football, football is the most important topic. Um, Big game this weekend against Melbourne Victory. It's really good chocolate. It's great chocolate. <laughs> Mate, relax, yeah? We get it. It's really good chocolate. Yeah. How are you feeling leading up to the game 
yeah, feeling good. Um, obviously just finished up training as well. So um, a bit tired right now, but it's been a good week of training. Girls are feeling really good, really positive, and just overall really excited. I think it'll be a very exciting game, even from a neutral perspective. Um, I think um, everything to play for, obviously we played each other twice now. Um, and so I think we, in that sense, we know each other pretty well. Um, which I think also makes for a bit of explosive football because who knows if people will have different game plans and whatnot in terms of the approach, but um, really looking forward to it. It'll be awesome. And also one of my former Stanford teammates, Beatty Goad plays for victory. So it's always good to see her I'm looking forward to that. We, we had Beatty on the show. We've talked about Beatty twice now, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we do love Beatty Goad here. And she was talking about the team that you guys had. It was such a lovely group. What was it about that Stanford group that made you guys just such like you guys were all so connected and just like really bonded? Yeah, I think it honestly comes down to culture. Um, I think we had a really, really special group of girls at Stanford, but I think the bond that we have, I think it's so strong because of the of our culture. And it was incredibly difficult to be at very high standards at Stanford. Um, always you know, always having the expectation to win uh, a Pac-12 and a national championship every season. Like, that's a huge deal. Not a lot of teams, um, and you know, across the country have that expectation genuinely at the beginning of every season. And so, I mean, we worked incredibly hard. Obviously, we worked incredibly hard on the field and off the field. And I think that's really unique. Um, and, yeah, just those connections, the demanding more of each other um, and really pushing each other. And, and sometimes that's with a little bit of um, tough love. But you know that deep down every girl is willing to leave it all in the field uh, for the person next to them. And, and we would literally kind of say that when we'd walk on the field before every game and really mean it. And you knew every girl meant it. And I think that will always stick with me and all of the girls that I've played with at Stanford um, you know, if they ask anything of me, it's always going to be a yes, just because we've had that connection. Um, and yeah, it's really special. So it's nice that you've had BD speak a little bit about it. I think a lot of comparisons or parallels can be drawn with, with Sydney FC and when you speak about the expectations to consistently win and to win silverware and, and, and a team that prides itself on its culture. You, we hear Ante Juric talking a lot about that and, and, and the group and, and what it means and the kind of the, the willingness to go again year after year, season after season. Have you found that they are they have been quite similar culturally between Stanford and Sydney FC? Yeah, I mean I think they're I think probably at their core they are similar in terms of I guess maybe the outsides. But I think obviously it's a different team. It's yeah, it is a different culture obviously being here in Australia. So it is a bit different. But I would say kinda of at the core, those same things um are really present in in both cases in terms of um, really pushing one another. Also just a genuinely like really lovely group of girls, particularly here at Sydney FC, just really nice people. They helped me uh, assimilate really quick. Um, And we have a lot of young girls, as you know, little Indy, 15 years old, coming in and absolutely bossing it. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of teams where Indy could go out and feel super confident to do what she, do what she did um, consistently. And, and we know how good she is because we see it every week, but to have the confidence and belief in herself, um, but also her players, knowing the players around her also believe in her and are going to help her um, and not, you know, tear her down. Um, I think that's really, really special. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say they're, they're similar, but I think also 
the there's different personalities in the group. So no matter what, obviously they'll still be a bit different just given um yeah, the the makeup of the group. But yeah, they're similar. And I think that's why um yeah, I've been able to adapt really well with Sydney and was also part of the reason I wanted to come to Sydney. I like I like the challenge. I like having that pressure and I'm I'm used to being in an environment where I'm kind of always being challenged and pushed. Um so yeah, it's been it's been a great uh link up for sure. It must just be a thing in the Haley family, just like the 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 desire to win because obviously your dad's a winner. We don't want to talk about your dad, you know, <laughs> new generation of Haley is Madison Haley dominating the dub. Obviously your season was uh a little bit derailed with the injury, of course. How has it been coming back from injury and how are you feeling? Are you feeling fully fit or are you still working trying to get back to that 100% just if to in time for if you guys make the finals or obviously the prelim this weekend? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously the injury was disappointing. It was in a really good run of form. Um, and, yeah, I really wanted that golden boot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fortunately – you know, uh, life comes at you fast, particularly in in, in elite sport. Uh, so you got to roll with it a bit. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling good. It's been nice, obviously, to get some minutes. Um, it would have probably I would have probably had a more linear progression in terms of my minutes on the field. But having the three games in a week made that a bit difficult. So uh, we kind of just had to to be really strategic um, and and be really careful in terms of managing my minutes. But I ended up getting quite a quite a bit of minutes um, during that. Uh, week stretch so that was really good but no I'm feeling good feeling more like myself um it's it's honestly at the end of the day down to Ante and what in what he wants um I'm happy to help the team in any way possible whether that's starting or coming off the bench um yeah and I'm excited uh for this weekend and um yeah what's to come with the group We've seen you, you mentioned adapting to a slightly different role in terms of minutes coming off the bench a lot over the last month. What's it like kind of taking on a, a new kind of function within the team mid-season or at the end of the season after being used to doing something quite different when you first started out? Yeah, well, I think it's like, <laughs> it's it's different. I think the way I approach the game is a little bit different in the sense of I don't need to be completely in the zone from the first second. So you'll see me, you know, if, if the camera was to pan to me a bit in the warm-up, I'm quite, you know, having a laugh, poking fun, you know, just being quite relaxed and warm up um, and kind of messing with the girls, just trying to keep it quite light. Obviously it can be, you know, really, really intense and a lot of nerves and stuff. And so knowing that I'm going to be coming off the bench, I don't really necessarily have that at the beginning of the game. So I can be a little bit more relaxed in that sense and, and play a bit of a different role in terms of helping, you know, ease the nerves of my teammates and just to keep it light and fun. Um, but then obviously, you know, I'll eventually, the game starts, start to kind of switch on. And obviously once I start warming up and knowing that I'm going to go on, the mentality switches. Um, and I know I'm going into the field and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. So it's a bit, it's a bit different, obviously, but I think it's probably, this is probably really the only time in my career I've, I've had, um, had this experience um really coming off the bench even at Stanford when I was injured once I came back then I was back pretty much starting and so I think it's honestly a good lesson for me to learn um kind of how to adapt to that um and I think it's it's maybe pushed me in different ways and obviously with an injury it's it's not what I wanted but I can still make the most of it and um I feel like I've had an impact every time I've come off the bench um and that's honestly what's important at the end of the day it's not really about me and whether I'm starting or not it's if I'm going to be on the field I just want to help the team um win and so that's yeah that's that's always my focus 
I know it's not about you, but any indication of whether you will get to start what are you, what are you this weekend to do? Are you or the to weekend spoil after? Sydney FC's plans for the coming of the game. Why are you like this, day, man? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you mean. I, I'm, I'm getting information procure. I'm digging. <laughs> We're finding out any indication of whether either this week or if the grand final does happen, uh, whether whether you'll play a different role or you're expecting to continue coming off the bench till the end of the season. Well, honestly, like I don't really know. Um, you know, Auntie's been asking me how I'm feeling. Um, and, you know, I'm feeling quite good, but at the end of the day, it's it's up to him. And the team's done really well. Rachel's done exceptionally well in that nine role. Um, and I don't think Ante's one to really mix it up too much. So <laughs> um, we'll kind of have to see. I don't. He's the type of person that's not going to fix something that isn't broken. Um, so we'll kind of have to wait and see. But I'm feeling good. So I think regardless, hopefully I'll be getting um, a decent amount of minutes this weekend. Do you know something that I I think that I didn't notice like in your first like run because obviously after your first run before the injury was your passing ability and when you came back I thought wait did she get you learn a new skill like while she was injured your because your passing is something I would say is probably underrated in your game because there was a pass you did to did you see the cr- are you talking about the, the cross field prince, ball to Princess Abini. Oh, she's done a few yeah you know, maybe we're talking about different ones yeah a few is here. <laughs> There's too many. But your passing is something that's like, I would say, is one of your like major strengths in your game. How has that evolved over your career, and has that always been something that you've been like? Obviously, you are a striker. Has that always been something that you've done first as a passer, or have you always just been more about the goal scoring? Yeah, I mean that's an interesting question. I think the way I look at the nine position um, is maybe a bit different than other people would look at it. I really love to play make. And I think a lot of nines just want to be, you know, the goal scorers and sit in the box, get your goals, like the Holland type. Um, but I quite liked <laughs> to play a little bit of a hybrid role. I love um, watching Benzema, Roberto Firmino. I think those players, you see them coming deep quite a lot, linking the play. And I think it does fit my strengths, but I will say um, in terms of my passing the style is different, obviously. So when I was at Stanford, we were very much so possession-based. So I could be a bit more like Holland. I could kind of stay out of it a bit and just be ready to kind of get in the box. Even though I, I did link the play quite a bit still at Stanford, I loved combining and I played with Katarina Macario. I mean, dreams are made of when you have a player like that underneath you. Um, but here, I think the style is very different. And so I think I've definitely gotten better in my passing range and just recognizing um when to play that penetrative pass. Um, and I think my willingness to just do it and kind of send it um, has increased definitely being here because that's what Ante really preaches is playing on the front foot, looking forward first. And it really helps when, of course, you have the pace and talent of Courtney Vine and Frenny on the wings. I can really, in the movement of Maka, in the movement of Rachel, I mean, geez, there's just so many, <laughs> there's so many options. And so, I think it's a, kind of a dream in that sense for me. But yeah, I definitely back myself um, in terms of linking the play. And it's something that I think maybe differentiates me. And it's something that I want to be known for um, a bit more than just the goal scoring is that I can I can give you a little bit of hopefully everything. But <laughs> um, it's particularly, yeah, linking the play. We've well, we've certainly been watching. Because I, when I see it, mm. I just I, I when I see Madison Haley highlights and they're just of your goal scoring, I'm like, oh, boring guys. You don't know her game like that. She's yeah. a, she's an incredible passer. Let's get some some passes in there. What's been the most memorable piece of play that you've done this season that you've really like you've if you were to show somebody this is my game, that's 
that's that play? Hmm. I think in terms of like goals, I think the the scoop goal obviously is pretty iconic. Yeah. I really liked that goal. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if I was to show anyone, that's kind of hard, but because I have had a lot of like, I feel like good passes, maybe they haven't always necessarily been directly been an assist. But it's hard when you do I so many would, good things, like, isn't honestly, it? Right? Yeah, it's just oh, <laughs> I mean, the there's a catalog. Just watch one of my games. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just tune in. Uh, tune in this Saturday, yeah. and uh, you'll you'll. Uh, yeah, I think kind of what you said. Like, I'd love to, you know, a highlight tape of just you know a little bit of my, my passing and turning. I think what I I don't like is that obviously obviously a lot of my game is a bit of the physicality. Um, you know, riding a challenge and turning. But I I hate when that's all. That's the only narrative because it's not just about being strong up top. You could pick a strong player to come play the nine. And I guarantee they'd get ran through. You know, it's a lot more than just being strong. That's obviously part of it, but it's it's intelligence. It's IQ, it's reading the game, it's all of that. And so I think for me, if I was to show anyone, um, you know, this is me, it would be something where I'm really linking the play, where I'm maybe getting the ball turning and, and finding a final pass or threading a needle, or if it's me setting the ball, kind of going forward, getting on it again, I think it'd be a little bit more of me in that playmaking role than just in the box scoring. On a similar note to Pakua's question, just looking back, looking back on the <laughs> season as a whole and, and reflecting on the key moments, it's, it's obviously been a very different experience for you this season coming out to Australia and, and trying your luck here. What, what would you say has been, I guess, the biggest learning that, that, that you'll take from the last few months with Sydney FC? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, Hmm. My biggest learning. I think I kind of touched on in terms of the soccer piece is just that, that, that front foot really looking forward and thinking of going forward first. I think I've not like I wasn't thinking like that at Stanford, but we were a lot more possession based. So the style was just completely different. So I've had to think differently. And so I definitely think that that's part of my game I'm really happy that has developed um and that's a part of the game I will take with me and want to continue to develop um but I just think out outside of it is just you know kind of embracing the things that are a bit uncomfortable I think I'm a pretty um I feel like I I refer to myself as an introverted extrovert or what is it an extroverted introvert that's all right I had it reversed an extroverted (laughs) introvert so it was a bit nerve-wracking for me to come here to a new team um and not really sure how I'd be received um but just being myself throughout that whole process and and not really feeling um stressed about that and obviously like I said the girls have been great um but you know I'll be moving on at the end of the season and so that's something I definitely want to take with me is just to continue to be uncompromisingly myself um and to continue to put myself out there and just just kind of go for it. Um, I've had a lot of like spontaneous um, get-togethers with a couple of my teammates, and they've been like probably the highlights. Um, and, and it's those moments and memories that I'll take with me um, throughout my journey and career. And I want to continue that that spontaneity and that that willingness to just kind of say yes more, um, even if it's maybe something that I'm not used to or something that might make me a bit nervous. See, I like that. I like that answer. Well thought out. But now I'm just going to take a slight turn. Now, when you came on the first time, somebody asked me to ask you, 
Why is your Instagram handle Mad Dog? What is <laughs> what is the story behind that? And I actually just want to know the answer. What is the answer to that question? I don't know if I have a real story. So I had a lot of nicknames when I was um, playing, when I was young, like playing youth soccer. They used to call me Sia because I was really fast. That's what the parents would call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I thought that was like a singing joke as well. I was yeah, like, are you a no, fan of Chandelier? Yeah. <laughs> just call me Sia. Sia. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, I, I like that. I like, okay. that. I like that. Yeah. Um, and I honestly think it was probably just like a parent when I was playing. And I think they might must have said Mad Dog. And then, you know, whenever Instagram came, I think I was in middle school. So I was quite young. And I, yeah, I just went with Mad Dog. But I wasn't really ever called that. I was never called that on a consistent basis. I think I just kind of went for it and I wanted to be different. And now it's stuck. And now my, my sister and some people call me mad dog, but still most people just call me like Maddie or Mads. So get- it's still really not my name. Are we getting any mad dog merch? Is that, is that coming out <laughs> soon as well? Um, if you want to help design some of the merch, then yes. <laughs> Oscar, uh, amazing. Oscar, let's get our radio dub brains together and come out with some mad dog, um, mad dog, m- mad dog merch. Okay lot of uh avenues and possibilities with that merch exactly. could be cool I, I feel like we will we'll get together business planet yeah we'll figure it out obviously you'll get 80 <laughs> percent. we'll do a 20 percent split on this side we're good Perfect. <laughs> 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 um i want to obviously you're leaving at the end of this season and going back are we is farewell like never again or like maddie is gonna come back like what's the is there any like little you can give us a hint no yes yeah, well, I don't know. Um, I would love to. I guess my answer would be I'd love to. But I don't know. Obviously, I don't even know what my next step is. And that's me being completely honest. Um, so it's it's kind of hard for me to tell. I feel like in the sport, it's, I feel like it's, you spend a lot of the time not really being able to make plans because you're waiting for like the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate plan to kind of go through. Um, but I, I love Sydney. I was in the, the city yesterday and I was hanging out with a couple of teammates and I was just like, I'm really going to miss the city. Are you I sure? kind of had that. Moment. Are you sure though? <laughs> Are you, it's Sydney. Are you sure? Like, it's just because you haven't spent enough time in Melbourne that you're saying that kind of statement. So I understand that. I'm not going to hold it against you, but, um, <laughs> I just want you to know that had you have chosen Melbourne, you would have said, ah, oh, Melbourne's a better city and it's actually not close, but it's okay. We won't hold it against you. I know. The thing is, I do, I would love to come back and honestly just, you know, as a tourist and just explore different parts of the country because like you said, I, I've only been to Melbourne for games and I would love to just spend an extended period of time in different, in different cities here. Um, so much uh, beauty uh, to explore. So I would love to come back um, even if it's not for soccer. But yeah, I mean, the door is not closed. I will say that. The door is not closed. But do I have a date of a return? I don't know. But I would love to if it's possible. Um, a couple of my friends are playing in the NWSL, and I think they're interested in in coming and playing um, in the A-League next season, which will be super awesome and exciting for them. Um, so you'll definitely have some more, some more Americans, and I can this hook you up with them. Agent Haley. The Agent Haley. This is what we like, yeah? We like it when players come, and then they say, Come on down. This is spread what the word. spread the word, the positive word about the dub. We the, like that. The whole Stanford championship winning team is going to be exactly. playing in the A League Women's next exactly. season. I'm I don't so know excited. if we could afford them, but, yeah. but we'll, we'll we'll try to get them down here. We'll try to get them down here. 
Madison, just a couple. Just a couple. Madison, we really thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, we have enjoyed the chocolate as well. Oh, yeah. Godiva is good. We would it, recommend Godiva to anybody and everybody, right? Yeah, it's a premium price. I mean, we, we discussed how much you reckon it would be for a bar of chocolate. I mean, this yeah. is, it's eight mini bars and it cost eight bucks. So a dollar per bar. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a premium product. But exactly. It's not. We don't recommend poor quality products on the no. show. We have some, we have some <laughs> respect. We are, a, we are a premium product, exactly. really. Yeah. That's right, Oscar. Yeah. Madison, thank you again for joining us on the show. Good luck on the weekend. We hope to see you start. If not, we hope you come on. And if you score a goal, fantastic. Even mm. better. Um, it's a free way for us to promote the show, quite frankly. Yeah, for sure. When you score a goal, we Perfect. say you came on. Yep. And we inspired you. Awesome. I will make sure I, I do that to make sure we can get the fans into it. But yeah. Guys, for having me again, this has been awesome. We appreciate it, Madison Haley. Everybody, uh, we thank her for joining us on the show, Oscar. I feel like, on that note, it's probably a good time to say mm. farewell. I was just thinking, just at the end, though, what yeah. we need is we need like a like a hand signal or something, so that when players score and want to acknowledge Radio Dub, they can yeah. they can do the hand signal. Yeah, uh, we, we we need to come up with like a logo or something. Yeah, but I don't know if we're cool enough for that just yet. Like, obviously, we don't want to we don't want to impose on them. But if you do want to do that, players come on the show, please. We'll, we'll design it alongside our Mad Dog, Dog merch. merch and our Torpy merch and our Torpedo merch. Yeah, Torpedo sure. merch. How yeah. sick would that be? Torpedo and Mad Dog. Torpedo Mad Dog. <laughs> Radio Dub Rage. Torpedo Mad Dog. I didn't realise how cool this was. How, how cool. Yeah, anyway. We're artists. What can we say? Uh, everybody, thank you for joining us for another edition of Radio Dub. You probably listened to the podcast. You probably didn't even watch us. That's okay. Um, adios. Farewell. And uh, we'll be back after we figure out who's going to play the grand final. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick!